Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love, all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Bolin. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful She Did It Her. She Did It. I don't know. I got a twang in there. She Did It Her Way listeners. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Today, I am so excited to sit down with the lovely and talented Steph Gordon, who is a business coach out of Perth, Australia, and have you tune in and hear her journey and how she went from working in corporate. She quit her nine to five, and now she's built this incredible online business coaching other women how to do the exact same thing. Steph, welcome to she did it her way oh thank you so much I'm so excited to be here likewise and I think let's just get right to it tell us a little bit about in your own words what it is that you do today and then take us back to your journey of working in corporate and we'll just kind of pick apart bits of your journey in in that capacity along the way yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So my name is Steph and I am a, I'm a business coach and I help women who are in the startup phase of business to scale their businesses from usually zero to six figures is kind of our goal. And, but I, I think when people ask me this question, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a business coach, but what I really do is help empower women to just dream big enough and to believe in themselves enough to go after their dreams. Because mm-hmm. I think, and, and I'll dive into it a bit more later, but, but I think when I first got started on my business journey, I was, you know, riddled with self doubt. I was terrified that it would fail. I was scared of being judged by my friends and family. And I just needed someone to believe in me more than I did because I was so close to giving up so many times. And so I just, when I created, you know, when I started being a business coach, that the reason I really started was because I wanted to be that person that believed in people more than they believed in themselves to get them across the line. Oh yeah. Keep going. Sorry. I was going to be like, I'm like, yes. Like I am over here saying yes, yes, yes. Keep going. Yes. Okay, cool. So, so that's what I do now. So I I help women believe themselves. We, we, and you know, part of that, like, I think strategy is pretty simple. Like business strategy is you can probably get a lot of it online. Like a lot of so, so many great free resources. But I think what we do is we help people to believe in themselves enough to actually take the action. Cause the only thing that's going to get in your way is your mindset and, and your belief about whether it can or can't work. So, so that's what I do on a daily basis, but it didn't start out that way at all. So five years ago, I was still working in corporate and I, so I don't have any degrees. I I never graduated from university. I kind of rebelled and and didn't want to do the university. I went to university for six months, studied journalism and just knew that I just felt like that was just not my path. And and I really rebelled against schooling and and doing everything the way that had always been done. So I I traveled the world a little bit and I went into, into retail and then into recruitment. So a lot of kind of customer facing sales roles and eventually recruited myself into my hashtag dream job at the time. And it was, I was effectively like a buying partner for a global corporation called Aldi Supermarkets. And I used to, you know the one? Yes, A-L-D-I. You might say it differently over there. I love Aldi's or we say Aldi's in the States, or at least I say oh, Aldi's in the States, but that could be my Iowa Midwest. Love Aldi's. Just had a yeah, there. I, I, I love think- them. I love them. I feel like it's the best kept secret when people are be like, you shop at Aldi's. I'm like, 
heck yeah, I do. I love all these. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. So, so when, so they weren't in Perth when I first started working for them. So we, we started out with like a little team of two and I worked with them for five years while they built their entire Perth-based system. So it was really exciting. Like it was a really cool job. And because I didn't have any degree, like, you know, I was earning six figures. It was a really good position. And, you know, I thought, oh, wow, I've made it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I loved, I, I loved it for a couple of years, but once I found myself in a, uh, on the entrepreneurial journey, which really came from just feeling like this job was awesome, but I felt like there was more. I felt like I needed more. I thought, well, if I've hit the pinnacle of my entire career at 25, <laughs> what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Like, is this it? Am I going to just going to do this forever? And I got kind of, I grew bored and I wanted to move around. And because I didn't have a degree, I found it really hard to find something that would allow me to, to grow my salary or, or grow my experience because everyone wanted someone with a degree. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to have to start doing something on my own. And so I started my, my first little business. And once I started that and I started getting a taste of what it was like to work for myself or I just I started to hate my job <laughs> and so I had to break out yeah mm, okay all right so let's unpack a little bit I have a couple questions that I made notes because I know there's still so much more to unpack in terms of that I feel like we're in that transition phase or what we call it is the the lead up and then the leap. So the lead up is kind of, you get the taste, you realize I don't, I don't want to be working the job that I'm working. And then you also, you can't untaste that if you will, I guess, I don't know. I've never said it like in, in that capacity or in that way. <laughs> and you decided that, okay, then you're working full-time while building your side hustle. Let's go back though to being at university for six months and deciding to leave and what that experience was like. And I think the what the stage or the context that I want to set it is that you ultimately went forward doing something and saying yes to something, because that's what you probably felt that you should have done. And then realized that it wasn't what you wanted to do. And you had the audacity and the groundedness to say, nope, not for me. And I would love for you to expand a little bit on that because I think that's such a key lesson for so many of us when we are in situations that we are doing things because we feel like we should, even though they don't necessarily align with us. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And I, uh, so my parents, the, the backstory to that is my parents went bankrupt when I was uh, seven and my dad had a, a failed business and we went bankrupt and we lost everything. And so we always played it safe. And so my parents worked really hard to put me through a private schooling system and give me all the opportunities. So when I went to university and I had the opportunity to go to university because I'd had the opportunity for a really amazing education that my dad worked three jobs to put me through. When I actually got to university and decided I didn't want to be there, it was really hard to make that decision because I felt so much like I was letting especially my dad, but definitely my entire family down because they had given me everything that I needed and everything that they'd worked so hard to put me in the position to be able to go that it was, it was really hard to stand on my own two feet and go, I don't want to, and I want to take a gap here. And my parents were so supportive, but begged me not to because <laughs> they knew that I wouldn't go back. They like, knew she's it. not going back. <laughs> she's not going to go back. And I didn't, and they knew it. And uh, yeah, but I, I think it really comes down to like your joy and your happiness has to come from from within and it has to come from you and and regardless of whether that's in your job or in your you know relationships or in your life and and I'm really big on teaching this like 
your path is yours alone and no one else can tell you where you should go or how you should do it. And so for me, it was just a big heck no. Like I was falling asleep in lectures. Like I was like, and it costs money. Like and and in Australia to go to university, uh, the student acquires the debt usually because my parents didn't have a lot of money. You know, I was going to be 50, 60, $70,000 in debt to, to do this degree that I wasn't even enjoying just to say that I had it. Mm -hmm. And, and I knew that even in the university sector, they said, you know, only three of you are going to come out of this with paid jobs. And I looked around the room and I was like, there are women in this room on this more than me. They want it more than me. They're working harder than me. They're going to get the jobs. So there's no point being here. Wow. I mean that I'd have to imagine too, just the emotional navigation of that and the, in the, in the pressure of that situation, probably having that experience has just been so monumental. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And then let's go ahead and fast forward to that first business you started while working full-time. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in that, that business? And then we'll kind of dive into the journey of working full-time while balancing the side hustle and building your business. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, and it's funny because you have that conversation again. So when I quit my day job, I had to have that same conversation with my parents. <laughs> but I was working in Aldi. I was sitting on the beach one day and I was like, there has to be more to life. I can't just do this forever. I'm going to get bored. I'm already bored, you know? And I had just recently gone through quite a traumatic breakup. I think that a lot of good things come out of the depths of the dark, the darkest mm-hmm. times I have. Mm-hmm. I just recently gone through a pretty traumatic breakup and I was newly single and I didn't want to go to nightclubs. You know, I was kind of out of that phase of my life, but I, my girlfriends were like, let's go out, let's go party, let's go do this. And, you know, that'll make you feel better. But ultimately it wasn't, it wasn't making me feel any better. And I knew that what we needed in Perth, and I don't know if you have them over there, but in Perth, I knew what we needed was ways that we could catch up with our girlfriends that still could include include a couple of glasses of champagne, but that were really focused on, you know, like connection, finding new people, creating new hobbies, finding new interests. And so Mm. I started a a workshopping business, which was really around creative workshops. So hobbies, pottery, painting, uh, macrame, resin work, all the things. Uh, And and they would come with bottomless champagne and food. And it was really about, they were run in the daytime. It was really about helping women to connect and to find hobbies so that they could spend time alone and feel really confident in spending time alone. And so that was the first business that I started and it took off super quickly. Like within nine months, I was able to quit my day job. Wow. Uh, We really needed it in WA, like in Australia, we really needed what, what there was nothing like that at the time. So it, it took off really fast. And I remember just being at work and, you know, for the first six months of before I really launched it, I worked on my website and I just sat in all the fear and, oh my God, if it doesn't work and what if no one buys tickets and what if everyone laughs at me because I failed and my first workshop did fail. No one bought tickets. All the, all the fears that could have happened came completely true. And I just had to pick myself up and keep going and go, I know that we need this. And I know that I need this and I know that women need this. And so everything I've always done has come from a place of empowerment. You know, I think my overarching message, regardless of any business that I ever run will always be to help women come back to themselves and believe in themselves enough to, you know, find hobbies or create interests or create new friendships or create businesses. And so, yeah. And so I started that business and um, started working on it on weekends and in my lunch breaks. And I even like Aldi cottoned on pretty fast and they, they took my phone away from me at work because I was <gasps> working so 
much on my business. And they kept checking my computer. They put me next to my boss so that he could see my screen. Like, no way. Oh my gosh. I was working on it so much that, uh, and they knew. And, and I asked to go part-time when I was ready to leave. Like when I was, you know, when I was like, I want to go part-time and they were like, you can't. And it just forced me to just take the, to take the leap. I was like, well, if I can't go part-time, there's no way I can grow this business with the hours I have right now. So they twisted, they basically forced me, forced me to make that decision there and then. They were like, well, you can't go part-time. And I was like, well, that's it then. I'm yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. With uh, I such a beautiful, like perfect example of just the, making the transition and starting and working weekends and, and working lunch breaks. I'm curious, two things. One, how did you know that it was, and how do I ask this? I'm trying to, okay. How did you know, obviously you were given kind of this quote unquote ultimatum by your company and that mm -hmm. made the decision a little bit, right? And you're like, oh, okay. I can't go part-time. It's time to leave. Did you do anything leading up to that to get yourself in a position to meet your level of calculated risk or was it sort of this you know what i've proved myself this works i'm just gonna just take the leap for sure absolutely great question so yes i took i did have calculated risk i and i really recommend this like i work with a lot of startups and so i'm like you know as much as you hate i, I get it like when you start really working your business and you start to see traction it becomes really easy to just be like i want out mm -hmm. <laughs> i just and you just want to quit instantly. But, you know, we have bills to pay. And I had a mortgage and car repayments and loans. And, you know, like I, I had a life that I was living and I was living really paycheck to paycheck. So I needed to make sure I had the security in place. And so over the period of building up to actually quitting, I had some things in place. So first and foremost, I really made sure that I was making profit from the very beginning. All of that profit in, in the business. And that wasn't like, sometimes that was like $200 per workshop. You know, sometimes that was next to nothing. And other times it was, you know, $1,500 or $3,000 per workshop. So all that extra money that I was profiting, I was putting into a savings account. And I was either reinvesting back into my business a little bit in terms of, I'm really big on obviously getting business coaches. So I, you know, I was reinvesting back into programs, courses, coaches, but I was saving a, a big amount because I wanted a nest egg to be able to leave with. And my thought process was around, was, you know, if I can have three months worth of my salary put mm -hmm. away, then that will give me, you know, four weeks to go all in and really, you know, prove to myself that I can use this time wisely and that I can use the time to make the extra money in my business. And if I can't do it within that four to, you know, four to six weeks, then I have to go and start applying for other part-time jobs. Mm. And so I gave myself kind of four to six weeks to make it work and then four to six weeks to find work in case I needed to, but ultimately I didn't need to. Oh, that's so, thank you for being so specific around what exactly you did and how you did it. I know that there are plenty of listeners very grateful for you pulling the curtain back and, and sharing that information as well. When you made that leap, so you had three months of salary, you took the profit, reinvested in coaching and, or saved it to get to the three months. And then you gave yourself a four to six week runway to really make it work. What were some of the goals that you set for yourself in that four to six weeks. How did you know that? Okay. Again, this is proving to me that I made this milestone. Now I'm going to extend the runway another four to six weeks. What were some of the things that you really metrics that you looked at to give you that signal to say, keep going? So I I'd set some financial goals. So some of the things like I wanted to make in that four weeks, I needed to make a month's salary. I needed to prove to myself that I could make a month's salary. 
because like I said, I was living month to month pretty much on my bills. Like I think we, I think we all do that, you know, especially when we're working in corporate, you kind of earn more money and then you just spend more money or you just upgrade your lifestyle. (laughs) So I was, you know, living month to month with my salary. And so I, I knew that I needed that amount of money to come in. And so the first thing I did was make sure that I could make that money. So I forward planned. So I had some, again, we were running workshops. So I had some workshops set up that I was ready to press launch on. And I told myself that in that four weeks, I had to sell out both those workshops. If I sold out both of those workshops, then I would make my salary. And then Mm. I would know that it was viable. And so I gave myself four weeks to sell. I think it was like 60 tickets to two events. And I just... You, you level up when you give yourself a timeline like that. You just have to do it when you know. And I think that that's the, the most brilliant thing about going all in. My partner had said to me a couple of, because I had met a, a great guy in between this time who was also an entrepreneur. And he said to me, babe, you know, you don't have the fire up your bum. You know, it's not, you, you're not driven enough because you have the safety net of your, of your job. So because the money is always coming in, you're just not going all in. And so the minute the safety the safety net was removed and, and the safety blanket was gone. Mm-hmm. I had no choice but to make it work. And when you, and I've seen it time and time again with the women that we coach, when you take that safety net away and, and you don't have that solid income anymore, you just go all in and something inside you just ignites and you just find a way to make it work. You just do. Oh, I love that. And that going all in is also balanced with being very crystal clear on the goals that you want to hit that also motivate you to move forward. I know for me, when I know a specific goals and things that I'm hitting, I'm way more motivated and except like, than I am if, if they're vague and having that fire under you definitely can accelerate the process of making sure that you're going all in. I love that. Tell us a little bit about, okay, that was the first business. When, what were the other businesses, if there were other businesses in the time between that one, and then you being Steph Gordon, the business coach? Yeah, cool. So I had this business and it was going gangbusters. And, you know, first nine months, I was able to quit my job. Then over the next 18 months, you know, we had, we had 14 staff members, we had three locations, like it had, it had grown, like it was exactly, we hit the market at the right time with the right product, you know, it was, it was definitely a needed thing. And so it scaled fast. And I had, because we were running creative workshops, we had a lot of creatives coming in, you know, people who were painters or artists or whatever coming in to run the workshops with us. And they were mostly startups who had no idea what they were doing and were always asking me, you know, how did you, how did you do it? And so I started just kind of coaching a bit off the cuff, you know, just having a few conversations or a couple of one-to-one sessions. And eventually I kind of thought, well, I went to an event and they were like, you should have an online an online revenue stream. And I was thinking, oh, I probably should have an online revenue stream. You know, what if one day people stopped coming to my events or what if, you know, this is before the, before the big, the big pandemic. And what if someone would, you know, would stop coming to my events. And so I I thought, well, I'll just create like a little mini course for people. And so I started running this little mini course, little 12 week program. And I think I had five women in my first round. And, And that was kind of the start of the business coaching journey. And then when when COVID did hit, obviously the events business stopped. It was kind of like I dreamed it. <laughs> it, it, it stopped. And so we had no money coming in. My partner runs a gym and his business had also closed. And so we found ourselves with absolutely no money coming in, you know, bills to still pay, you know, team members that still needed to be paid. And I was like, I need to show up for business owners. I need to show up and show them that, you know, I'm here for them. And so I ran like a free four week challenge. And at the end of that challenge, I just had a little program that I was going to run off the back of that challenge. And uh, we sold like 
I think we had 500 people in our challenge, in my challenge. And then uh, I think, you know, I saw maybe it was a small course that was low cost that I would ran just for the women in that program, like just for the women in that time of need. And I think, you know, it ended up being like a $30,000 launch. And in the middle of COVID, because I, again, showed up with something that they needed at at their time of need. So it was like how to pivot, how to transition, how to, you know, get past the mindset blocks, how to overcome and, you know, become more confident, how to show up for your audience in times of need. Uh, all of that stuff. And, and once I was put into the business coaching role and I could see that that had legs, mm-hmm. I then started to resent my other business. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I ended up selling it last year wow. and stepping into full, uh, full-time coaching. What was it like selling your business? Heartbreaking. Oh, tell it us was, more. It was, yeah, it was interesting. I thought, cause I was so over it <laughs> by the time. Cause <laughs> you know, we're really lucky here in Australia and we're really lucky here in Perth. Like Perth is probably the most isolated city. Maybe, I don't know, in the world, probably. Uh, like we're in the middle of a, you know, we're an island. We're so far away, you know, from any other state in Australia or any other city in Australia that, and we have really strong borders and really strict borders. So, you know, over the past 18 months, I think Perth's been in lockdown for maybe six weeks. You know, we've been really lucky, really, really lucky. And so events came back online. And I remember just thinking to myself, I can't run these events and do this business coaching thing. Like I'm going to burn out. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to one of the creatives who was working for me at the time. And I, she was really good at what she did. Uh, and she already kind of had a bit of a business on the side. And I said, do you want to buy this business? And she was like, oh my God, this is huge and I don't know because this is a big business to buy mm. and we just worked it out and, and came up with some terms and uh, the business is still running and still so so thriving and absolutely amazing to see what she's done with it, it has been phenomenal to hand over that business and, and to watch it still grow so there was a sense of relief but there was also a sense of that's my baby mm. that's you know that was the thing that got me here and and I think the thing that was hardest about it was the identity crisis mm. I didn't realize how much my identity had been the business was called house of hobby and i didn't realize how much my identity had been stepped from house of hobby it, it took me a really long time to it was a really beautiful as all business ownership is time to, to self-reflect and that really confronting mirror to look into go who are you without this business mm-hmm. and what do you stand for and if you don't have this business like what are you bringing to the world and to really stand strong in my values in who i am and that i am enough even without having the business behind me. So it was really, because the the business had grown a lot of success for me as a personal brand. And so without it, I thought maybe without that business, I will, you know, become nothing. It was, that was the fear. And Mm -hmm. so I had to do a lot of self-reflection to overcome that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that too, because as you were saying that I was thinking about how there are, I, I had this shift anytime we go through a big shift, we have that identity crisis and I can just imagine. And I know that especially leaving corporate for so many people and listeners that that is an identity shift. You have this, I did a whole podcast episode on you know, transcending and moving beyond your corporate identity, but to your point, any identity in this case, and kind of really going to that next version is it's not always an easy transition, but I would imagine it's, it's worth it in, in some aspects in, in, in this case, but thank you for sharing that bit. Yeah. And it's exactly the same thing. You're right. When I left corporate, it was exactly the same. Like I went out and bought a whole new wardrobe of colors, pinks and greens and blues, <laughs> black and gray for 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that there is that crisis of, yeah, and telling people, what do you do when you have a startup mm-hmm. business that maybe is viewed as a bit of a hobby? 
telling people what you do when you were so attached to your corporate role or corporate persona. You know, I work with women who are lawyers, who are doctors, who are psychologists, who go into completely different fields when they start their businesses up and everyone thinks they're crazy, mm-hmm. you know? And really shifting from that identity into your new one, it really comes down to backing yourself at, at, mm-hmm. every, at every turn. I think this whole conversation can come back to that. It really comes down to backing yourself. Oof, I love that. That's amazing. I love it. Let's talk a little bit about, so your current business coaching business, how has that evolved? Has it changed since you first started? What have you learned um, specifically as it relates to being an online business owner? Where have you grown the most? Beautiful. So I think the biggest lesson that I would say in being an online online business owner is just you need a team. You need a really good team around you because you online business ownership, like you could just lose yourself in automations and <laughs> landing pages and sequences and, mm. you know, and be really taken away from your area of genius. Uh, and I spent so long just thinking that I had to do it all on my own and, you know, not wanting to invest, not wanting to get people in my brand, not wanting to be supported, just being like, you know, trying to look at the dollars and the bottom line and make as much profit as possible. But when you are growing, it started out with me just sending a couple of Google Docs to clients for them to fill in, to send back to me you know, <laughs> as a coach. Like that was my first coaching experience was just Google Docs and, you know, me manually emailing everything to everybody and doing live webinars and, you know, to five people was my first ever course launch. Now we have a program where we have 110 women at any one time. We've had, you know, 300 women this year, just this year alone. Uh, And, you know, everything's automated and systemized and, you know, and and beautiful. And and it's still a lot of work, but it's, it's come a long way. And I think that as an online business owner, my number one piece of advice would be, you know, to be able to grow, like I've only been doing this for 18 months as a coach and to be able to grow from five people to, you know, having service over like 500 women in the last 18 months, it really comes down to, you've got to be able to get people results. You've got to be able to get people results and you've got to create systems to help people elicit their areas of genius and help people to find what they're really good at and what they do really well and and stop forcing them to do all the stuff they hate (laughs) because Mm. it just takes us away from wanting to grow the businesses I think that's why most businesses end up going you know not failing but why they choose to stop because they just feel like oh there's too much to do and it's so hard and I can't figure it out and I'm not even enjoying it anymore because I'm not even doing the thing that I love to do and Mm. yeah I, I got a VA a, a virtual assistant quite early into my business journey as an online business. And she's still with me today. And I, uh, she, she started out five hours a week. And now she has about 50 <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh, you know, amazing to have someone grow with you like that and to help support you with the stuff that you're not good at. Amen to that. What would you say then you've been at this business a little over 18 months, you've had hundreds of women go through your program. What has been your biggest up level in terms of mindset throughout the journey? And then what is something you're currently working on in terms of getting you to that next version of yourself? There's two things that I challenge that would, that I think up leveled me in my mindset initially as a business coach. Um, the first thing was, this is going to sound cliche, but I invested $40,000 into a coach And that was a really huge investment. Like it was really, there's a very big investment for a coach and I didn't have the money. (laughs) So it's on a payment plan. It was a little over maybe 12 months ago now, I'm still with the same coach. 
And it was so confronting to put that money down. But I really think the transformation is in the transaction. And Mm. it's kind of like quitting a job. It's kind of like that going all in thing again. You know, when you put that kind of money down that you don't have and you know you have to make it work, you just find a way. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really big mindset shift because I was like, I'm really backing myself, you know, to be a business coach. And for me, that was terrifying because I don't have the qualifications technically. I don't, you know, I'm a life coach. I'm a trained life coach, but I don't have the qualifications to teach business. I'm teaching based on experience and my personal expertise and the expertise of the people that I've obviously worked with and bring into our fold. But Mm. there was a lot of imposter syndrome that came up in those initial periods. And so, you know, believing in myself and backing myself to be able to get a coach and to be able to go all in on this was was probably the, the, the major up level. The second thing I'll say uh, on that point was really around just believing that I actually could be a business coach. <laughs> and, mm. and I didn't for a really long time, I didn't put it on my Instagram bio. I didn't put it on my website. I kind of used the other words like mentor or Um, or other words that didn't actually say business coach because I was so scared of the backlash that I was going to receive and I received none like it was all just my own stories it was there was nothing to it Uh, and so that was that was probably the second big shift in in growing in growing the business it's just actually telling people what you do and and really just backing yourself in to know that you can get results Mm. um so that was two things and then I think your last question was really quick I just to touch on you said the belief of being a business coach and I think that is so important extremely important with anything that we do is having getting holding that belief that we are who we desire or say that we are in Mm -hmm. order for our actions to follow. And that is so key because once we have that belief, we can operate from that place. And, and I just love, love, love that, that you shared that piece. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you on that. I just wanted to point that out. That is totally fine. And then your second question was, I think it was like, what was the two mindset shifts? Um, and what do you want? Yeah. What are you currently, you know, where are you actively working on to release a block, let's say, or to go to the next version of yourself. Yeah, cool. So the first one was, I guess, like a bit of a money block and a belief block. Um, And the second one, like now what I'm working on at the moment is really, it's, I find it quite difficult to not be the driver of my business. You know, we have a team now, 14 people and, you know, I have to let a lot of my team support me and, and to get them to create processes and create procedures and get them to, you know, if, if at the moment we're creating like a training onboarding for new team members and I'm not the person leading that project, like one of my team members is leading that project. And so really, I think the block that I had to work through and I'm working through at the moment is that like, you don't have to do everything in your business. Like if there's, if that's someone's area of genius, put them in that space and actually get them Mm. to do it. You don't, you know, you have to sign off on it for sure, but you don't have to be the decision maker on every single thing in your business. And I think that's really different because you can outsource and delegate tasks, but outsourcing and delegating decisions is a whole nother level because you Mm. have to create framework around what decisions are the heck knows and and letting them have creative freedom and creative liability to create good decisions that maybe you wouldn't have thought of and I guess it's about not always knowing everything and allowing yourself to not be the person who knows everything and letting your team members who probably know more than you in a lot of different areas in your world based on their previous experience and life experience to really take control and take take the wheel on your business because as it grows you know we've just 
ticked over um, a million dollar business. And as your business grows, you just can't be the driving force of it anymore because you just don't have the energy to do it all. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was such a, such a great distinction between at first you're outsourcing a task and then you grow to the place that you're outsourcing a decision, which is a whole different level. I think, yeah, a whole different ball game of trusting someone that to, to make the decision for your company. Okay. I have a couple final questions for you as rapid fire, and these are just meant to be quick and short, straight to the point and whatever comes top of mind. Okay. 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 Ready. What is the best $100 or less purchase one can make in their business? Oh, a good webcam. Mm, Okay. I'm on Zoom a lot. So a good webcam. I think that I have a really good webcam and uh, the reason, no. And the reason for that is because it means that I don't often have to wear makeup or do my hair because it makes me look good all the time. Ah, I love it. It's, it's indirectly outsourcing because it's making you look good. So you don't have to spend as much time or energy getting your hair, like getting oh, all done. Up. I love it. So good. What has been one of the most transformational books that you've read? Could be business, could be pleasure. doesn't need to be nonfiction. It can be anything. Beautiful. I, the, I think the first book I ever read in business and I stand by it, I actually want to go read it again. Cause I think it's just so good is winging it by Emma Isaacs. Ooh, I've never heard of it. Winging it. Oh Sorry. my gosh. No, you have to. I have to it. look this up. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my God. It's amazing. It's the best. Okay. I love it. I'm going to put that on my list next. Okay. Perfect. The next question is if you could have a billboard that could say anything on it, what would it say as sort of a message that you want to share with the world? So my, my messaging that I really want to share with the world is that you can have it it, like, it can be different. It can be different, Mm. right? You Mm -hmm. can choose different. It can be different. Your thoughts can be different. Your life can be different. You can change at any moment. Like it can be different. Oh, such a simple yet powerful statement. Okay. Last question is where can my listeners connect with you and find out more information about you online? Beautiful. So the best place, Instagram is 100% my platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I am in it all the time. It's just my favorite place to hang out. So if you want to come and find me, come and chat with me, come drop into my DMs. I'm a big voice dropper. So you will hear me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so it's at Steph Gorton underscore underscore and that's Gorton with a T so Gorton and you can also find me www.stephgorton.com lovely beautiful thank you so much Steph for coming on the she did it her way podcast everyone will have everything in the show notes so you can check that out and until next time keep doing it your way If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to shedidaherway.com where you can access the entire vault of She Did It Her Way podcast episodes. And you can also access free trainings and resources all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review letting me know what you love about the She Did It Her Way podcast. Until next time, keep doing it your way.